Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If y'all have your Bibles, you can turn them over to Ephesians chapter 6. It's good to see everybody tonight. Spring break week for many people. How are y'all doing? Good. Good. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's good to hear. Well, before we get into this, I want to remind you, um, we do have outreach tomorrow night, um, so I want to invite you to come out to that. We have um, a meal provided. It's going to be spaghetti. Yes, I saw the email. That's, you know, lots been going on. Spaghetti, and uh, so I invite you to that, and then, of course, child care uh, groups go out at 5.30, 6.30, um, and then Friday begins our 24-hour church fast, and so um, just kind of explain that once again. Uh, most of you probably heard it Sunday, but um, we're just setting that aside as we're entering into Resurrection Celebration Month, um, focusing on the res- resurrection, celebrating the resurrection. Again, uh, last year we, we started this. Uh, Christmas, we start, you know, decorating uh, right after Thanksgiving, begin singing Christmas carols, and so uh, we're going to focus on the cross and the empty tomb, and we're going to celebrate the resurrection. Of course, we do that all year long, uh, but give just an emphasis and a focus versus just on one day, like Easter service. Uh, we want to do it all month long, and so uh, we're going to begin that by praying and fasting uh, for souls. And so, uh, praying and fasting for um, this whole month, uh, for our missionaries, for uh, just, again, uh, God to move in a great way. So, uh, this is on your own. You don't come up here or anything like we do our 24-hour prayer um, chain. And so, this is just from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. Um, And so, I encourage you to, to be a part of that. Um, you know, a lot of times people don't understand fasting. Why, why is that so important? Well, first of all, it, it's in Scripture. Um, Jesus himself talked about the importance of fasting whenever the disciples couldn't do certain things. Uh, he explained to them, this doesn't come but by prayer and fasting. Um, and what it does is it expresses a, a deeper and a greater spiritual need uh, over the physical needs that we have and the physical desires that we have. And so we set those physical needs and physical uh, desires aside as we uh, take time to express this greater spiritual need and desire, which is to see souls saved and see the kingdom of God built. And so that's what we're looking to do. And again, I want to invite you to be a part of that. Um, So the last time we were in this, in in part 18 uh, that we went through, uh, we saw these very clear instructions for fathers. Um, And I pray that all the fathers that were here, all the grandfathers that were here, even mothers and grandmothers that were here were challenged as I was Um, Because the reality is this, and this is what we saw, is that we could be one generation from another great awakening or a great apostasy. And I believe that with all my heart, uh, but I'm afraid there's there's a lot of things going on in our world today. And again, we looked at this last week, uh, but the decisions that we make as fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers and mothers directly impact this next generation. 
And I think we're fooling ourselves if we don't believe that our actions, our attitudes, um, again, our speech and our decisions uh, don't do anything. And it's specifically towards Christ and his church. And so when we think about, just examine yourself, examine your own home. My, my thoughts, my attitude, my words, my actions, and my decisions concerning Jesus Christ and his church what does that look like? And what does that look like to my kids? What does that look like to my grandkids? Um, because again, it's making an impact. And if we don't think that it's making an impact on the next generation, then we've bought a lie that the enemy's given. The enemy's thrown it out there and we've bought it. In other words, we think, well, it's not a big deal if I don't do this, or it's not a big deal if we don't do these things or participate in these things. Uh, we're, we're buying a lie from the enemy because the instructions are very clear that we saw. Fathers are to raise their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, that means that they are to raise them in the care and the instruction of Jesus Christ. And so that is the charge to fathers. That's what we saw very clearly. But again, we saw there's a tragedy, I believe, that's seen throughout the church today. Fathers allow other things to take priority over the church in many ways. Church service attendance is one main one. But please listen to this. Church mission involvement, church giving involvement are other ways that I think fathers are allowing other things to take priority over the church today. For example, there's so many in, 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 in the Christian realm today that are putting an emphasis on whatever it is, stuff, activities, uh, you know, friends, accolades, whatever the case may be, and they don't put half of that emphasis on Jesus Christ in his church, his mission, or even giving towards his cause. And so again, I think it's a great tragedy. And we look at the culture today, we look at even the, the, the church culture today, and we wonder, we, how, how do we get revival, or how did we get here? And you've heard me say it many times before, we don't have to look beyond ourselves. The decisions that we're making in the Christian culture today, in the Christian church today, um, is, is the evidence of that. And so when this happens, you know, whether we allow our kids to miss church, uh, service for social reasons, school reasons, activity reasons, or we do, we miss church service, we miss being a part of the mission, we miss engaging in what God has set up, then what we tell the next generation, we tell them son, we tell them daughter, we tell them grandson, granddaughter, there are things that are more important than Jesus Christ and his church in this world. That's what we tell them. When, when we say it's not a big deal if we don't do this, it's not a big deal if we're not a part of that, if it's not a big deal if we're, not, or if we're there, if we're not there, it's not a big deal if we do this versus be a part of this, that the, the Lord has called, the Lord has commissioned, the Lord has instituted, it's not a big deal. What we're telling them is this. There's things that are way more important than Jesus in this world. So much so that we don't have to be a part of Jesus' stuff in lieu of being a part of our stuff or this world's stuff. Regardless of what we say with our lips, regardless of what teachers and preachers may say, the Word of God says, that's what we teach them, the most influential people in their lives. That's what we teach them, is that there's things in this world more important than Jesus and His church. And again, it does impact them. It impacts them greatly. And the generations that's, that's raised as such I believe loses out so much both now, but they're also going to lose out in eternity. And so we consider, what is it really costing 
You know what? I, I don't want to know what it's costing the next generation in eternity. Think about that. Please, please listen. We have so many people focused on the things in this world, promoting and pushing their kids in the things of this world, that they're not putting that much effort in their spiritual walk. And so when they stand before the Lord one day, I'm afraid that our kids are going to miss out on something that truly matters. So we think certain things matter today. I promise you this, Almighty God, who breathed out the stars, who, who formed man from the dust, who breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, who died on the cross for mankind, I promise you this, God Almighty is going to care less if our son or our daughter or our grandson or our granddaughter was a valedictorian, an all-star, a business owner on the day of judgment. He's going to care less about that. What is going to matter on that day of judgment, though, is if our son, our daughter, grandson, granddaughter had a relationship with Jesus Christ, that they walked with him, that they talked with him, that they talked of him and for him and was a part of his program, his kingdom. That's what's going to matter. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a valedictorian. There's nothing wrong with being an all-star. There's nothing wrong with being a business owner. There's nothing wrong with any of those things unless they come at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his body. And that's what's happening today so much. We, we, we want so much for our kids in this world, but I'm telling you this, there's nothing more that I want for my girls than to know the Lord and to walk with him and to talk with him and to share him with other people. If, if, that, consumed, if that consumed their hearts and their minds and their lives so much that it was taken away from their schoolwork, I, I, would, I would have a hard time getting on to them for that. We do it for sports, we do it for band, we do it for extracurricular activities. But how worried and concerned are we, are we upset about our kids being distracted from the things of this world with the things of the world to come? That's what I would love to see. That's what I would love to see. And we can rationalize or justify just about anything, but it's clear. Our culture is in dire need of the gospel. Amen. And the church is in dire need of revival. Right. It's clear. You can look around and it's so clear. And until you and I, as in churches like this, take responsibility, full hold responsibility of why we're here, why the church needs revival, why the culture looks the way it is and needs the gospel so desperately. Again, in, in light of the decisions that we're making, in light of the uh, how, how we're making the things of God less important than the things of this world, then nothing's going to change, and the tragedy will continue. Until we take hold of it, it's going to continue, and it's going to get worse. And so again, tonight, I, I wanted to recap that. Some of you, most of you are here, probably some of you weren't. Um, but I, I hope it, it, it's serious to us. I hope that you just didn't come tonight and say we're going to go through the motions of another Wednesday night service. I hope that you didn't come tonight and think, you know, you know we're going to hear this other message and uh, love rules or get two more points and, and all this kind of stuff. I, I, I pray that this, you know, I know a lot of people are on, uh, like I said, spring break and kind of relaxed mentality, but this, this is extremely and eternally serious. Amen. At some point in our lives, at some point, we've got to say, 
We have to start making the things of God more important than the things of this world. And we've got the decisions that we make as a family. We've got to do that so that our kids don't miss it in eternity. So they don't miss out on the rewards. So they don't miss out on the things that God has in store. At some point, we as parents and grandparents have got to decide. Enough. From this point forward, we're going to emphasize the Lord, His church, His mission more than we ever have before. And so again, I, I pray that you were challenged last week, and I want to again just challenge you with that tonight. So uh, I want to pray, and then we'll look into this third and last relational category. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. And God, as uh, you've convicted my heart and challenged me, uh, Lord, I pray that we as a church family would be charged, Lord, and challenged. Uh, we'd realize that there's only a short amount of time. And, and while every single parent in here wants to see their child succeed in this world, I pray that if we have that desire more than we have a desire to truly see them succeed in their walk with you, I pray that conviction would pour over us. God, that your spirit would work inside of every single child that's here, that's yours. Lord, and we would be broken over that, that state of our heart, state of our lives. Lord, that we, we would experience revival in that repentance and in that brokenness. Lord, I'm afraid that if we don't get serious and start changing some of the decisions and some of the way that we're living in our life right now as so-called Christians, I'm afraid that it's inevitable we're going to see a great apostasy in this next generation. And that just hurts my heart, Lord. And it's just hard to think about. When we can begin making decisions now and raising our kids and, and, and really enforcing the importance of your kingdom, not allowing anything in this world to come before you and your kingdom, your church, your program, Lord, and possibly see a great awakening in the next generation. And so, Lord, just help us tonight to have hearts ready, minds ready, spiritual eyes and ears ready to receive your word. And we'll praise you for what you do. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to pick up in verse 5. The first two groups had to deal with family relationships. Um, and now this third one has to do with a relationship that's outside of the family dynamic. And so it, it can still be applied inside the family because you can have um, a father and son and, and you know, uh, one's the boss, one's the employee um, in, in relationships like that. But this is specifically uh, talking about outside of the family dynamic. And so in verse 5 it says this, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart, as unto Christ. Now, bond servants or slaves or servants, uh, as we see in Scripture, uh, it, it's important because they, they had their protection, they had their provision most of the time through their masters. And we know that slavery in its abusive form, uh, in its forceful form, is wicked. There's no question about it. We've seen that in, in this nation um, hundreds of years ago, uh, but it was in Bible days as well. The Jews were slaves. It was wicked. Uh, but there was a form of slavery, bond servants, um, that had willingly, that willingly placed themselves under certain masters uh, that would provide provision and protection for them, basically like an employment, a hired servant. A hired, this is what I need you to do, and so this is what I'm going to hire you to do. Uh, and they willingly did that. Uh, occupation was the context, not abuse in, in this case. So, um, not to say, again, not to say there wasn't abuse involved, uh, but both existed at the same time. While we don't use these terms today, why don't we talk, while we don't say bond servant and uh, slave, uh, we, we do use the word employer and employee, uh, leader, servant. We, we use those in, in, in that kind of context. And so 
if we look at Scripture that way, if we take it in, in how it would apply in our lives today, the charge here is very clear for employees. Here's what it would say. Employees, obey your earthly bosses with healthy fear or regard and respect. And do that with sincere hearts. Now, some of you are thinking about your bosses, and you're like, hey, no way. <laughs> it's, just, it's just hard to do that. Um, and I, I want to say there's not really any conditions here um, that we can put on this other than principles we find in Scripture, and we'll talk about in just a second. But uh, regardless of how your boss is, regardless of how they treat you, regardless of all those things, the responsibility of servants, the responsibility of employees, the responsibility of workers is to follow the leadership of the person that's over you uh, with a healthy regard or health, healthy respect, even if they're hard to respect, even if they're not very respectable. Respectable. We talked about that uh, last couple of weeks. Um, it's our responsibility to be respectable and to be respectful uh, regardless, to be those representatives of the kingdom of God. And again, that's exactly what he says. The standard that this is supposed to happen by is as you would to Christ. As you would to Christ. Obey your bosses, obey your employers, as you would Christ. Now, here's the truth. If you have a problem with submitting to authority, you have a problem with submitting to authority, period. Amen. You say, well, what are you saying in that? If you have a problem or a hard time submitting to an earthly master, you have a problem with the master. And so I don't necessarily know that I agree with that because uh, I don't have a problem submitting to God. If you have a problem submitting to an earthly master, you have a problem submitting to God. Because Scripture teaches us this. Psalm 75, verse 6 says, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Daniel chapter 2. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that, are, that know understanding. Many of you are familiar with uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, or governing, governing bodies. Uh, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive themselves damnation, or the word means judgment. And so again, when you say, I don't like them, I don't want to follow them, then you need to leave that job. You need to, or you need to get something right in your heart. You need to get something fixed because... The responsibility of every employee, every servant, every worker is to obey those that are over, the, over them in the Lord or over them uh, in authority, I mean. If you see again, it's not only for um, workers to do with a sincere heart, but if you move on and look in verse 2, um, not verse 2, in uh, the next verse, he's going to talk about masters as well. Um, and, and before we get that, I want to talk about these things that kind of um, hinder that. There's some things that I think can uh, hinder uh, or inhibit this type of service or this type of obedience. 
in these relationships. And I, and I just called them the three P's. Three P's that inhibit this obedience. Number one is pride. Number two, preference. And number three, prerogative. And, of course, the last two uh, point to the first one, I believe. But when we get focused on me, myself, and I, we begin to put ourselves in an elevated place, that's when pride becomes a factor in us being obedient to those who are over us. When we don't like something, or we don't like someone, or we don't like some task, that's an issue of preference. Why do I have to do that? That gets into the third P, prerogative, which has to do with entitlement, has to do with my rights. Why? Why do I have to do this, and they don't have to do that? Or, I don't want to do that. Again, preference and prerogative uh, get in the way of us just simply saying, this is what I've been asked to do, regardless of what anybody else has been asked to do. And so my re responsibility is to do what I've been asked to do as I would do it unto the Lord. That's the, that's the biblical standard. Now, again, that goes against human flesh. That goes against what we like to hear. Well, I don't like to hear that, and I don't want to do that, because that's not fair. That's, that's our mindset. But the biblical standard is for us to say, I am going to obey with a, with a fear, a respect. I'm going to obey with a sincere heart, and I'm going to do it as unto the Lord, because that's who ultimately I am serving, is the Lord. And see, again, that's hard because our, our human relationships is, is where we're at on an everyday basis. We, we shake each other's hand. We hug each other's neck. We see that person at the office. We listen to their boss. All those things, that's what we're interacting with in, in a fleshly way. And it's hard to, lose, uh, to, to, uh, to keep focus on this spiritual fact that we are here as the servants of God, period. So in everything we do, we are to be doing it as unto the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 tells us that. We are to be doing everything as unto the Lord. Look at the charge of this sincere servants uh, going on into in this. It says this, uh, verse 6, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Again, so this is spelling out this sincere service as the servants of the Lord. He says, With good, good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So again, if you look at your job in this world only as a job, period, and not as a mission field, not as a place that you're a representative of Jesus Christ, not as a, a child of God in that place, if you just look at it as a place of employment, then you are going to miss all of this. But if you look at your job, you look at whatever situation that you're in, or where somebody is over you in authority, and you look at it as a mission field, you look at it as a place that you are to be a child of God, to be a light, to be a city on a hill, to be the ambassador. If you look at it as I'm a servant of God, and everything I do at my job, I'm not only representing the Lord, and I'm showing everybody what a Christian does, but I'm also having an opportunity to have a right attitude, a right heart, and serve God in every aspect of my life. And that's what he's trying to say. If you, if you approach your job as, okay, this is a way that I can provide for my family. This is a way that I can contribute to uh, the, the local church and carrying out the Great Commission. This is a way that I'm able to, to tithe and to give and support missions and, and all these kind of things. This, these are the ways, these are the things that God has allowed me to do in this world to provide for that stuff. And in that, 
If I serve God with the right heart, the right mindset, and I follow the person who's over me with the right heart, then God's hand of blessing is going to be on me regardless of how they are, regardless of what they do. God's going to reward and bless me because I'm doing it as unto him. And that's vital. So maybe some of you struggle with the person that's over you. Maybe you you have a hard time with your boss, uh, your manager, uh, whatever the case is where where you work, or or, or, or maybe some some other type of structure where there's somebody over you in authority. Um, Remember this. You're a child of God. You're an ambassador of his kingdom. And you're here only for a short while. And everything we do, we are to do it as unto him. So again, that job, whatever it is, as you're doing it for God, that's how, that's how we're supposed to pro- approach it. So again, this focus, this kind of sincere service for our bosses, for our employers, for our leaders, is to be done in a very specific way like we're doing it to please God, not man, as unto the Lord. You do what you're asked to do as an employee, as a servant, as a worker, in your job, and, and I would... I would say that this applies to any leader-servant relationship, as I said a while ago. Again, as you're doing it for the Lord, think about that. I am doing everything for the king. For the king. It's kind of hard when I'm, and I don't don't know if anybody in here flips burgers, but it's kind of hard for me to have a good attitude about my boss there um, and, 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 and that I'm flipping a burger for the Lord. When the person at the counter is yelling and screaming and not happy and my boss is on my back, you know, whatever the situation is, it's hard to, to, to take that mindset of I'm doing everything as unto the Lord. But that's the, that's the charge, that's the command, that's the standard because we are his ambassadors. So with all this being said, there's no place for stinky attitudes. There's no place for stinky attitudes. And, and again, Think and, and I think we probably all can be guilty of it, whether you're a boss or whether you're an employee. employee um, you, can, you can find yourself getting a stinky attitude at your job. Amen. It, it's hard. It's hard not to get that sometimes because of circumstances and people and, and stuff like that. But again, our obedience is to be sincere, is to be as unto the Lord. But there is a catch with all this, as I said a while ago. Here, here, here's the only catch to this. You say, yes, thank you. Here, there, there's, there's an exception to my obedience being sincere as unto the Lord, um, following what my boss says, uh, no matter what. The, here, here, here's the catch. Here's the caveat, if you will. The obedience is to be unquestioned when it doesn't compromise obedience to God. That's the only catch. So, again, that's not what I was looking for. I was was looking, maybe, what if my boss is the worst boss ever? Then do I have to, no, 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 that's not what it is. Now, if your boss is the worst boss ever because they're asking you to do something that compromises obedience to the Lord, that's where you don't have to do it. Now, again, it doesn't give excuse for a stinky attitude. It doesn't give excuse for anything like that. Uh, But we aren't to obey our earthly bosses and compromise our obedience to our boss, the Lord. But all of this comes from faith. All of it comes from love. All of it comes from regard for the Lord. But, so love rule number 33 is this. As servants, or whatever you want to say, employees, workers, etc., our sincere obedience to those over us should be unwavering 
as we serve as unto the Lord. So again, that hopefully that maybe you're struggling in your job as, as a, an employer worker and, and, and uh, it's not necessarily what you want to hear, but I want to tell you this. It, it comes with rewards. If you're able to do this with a right heart, with a right mindset, and you're able to carry this out, I promise you this. There are rewards that you can only see by doing it God's way. Period. Look on, though, verse 9, it says this. You masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Again, as we've seen in, in these three relationships now, the first person has the responsibility to submit. Uh, the wife has a responsibility to submit to her husband. Uh, the children have a responsibility to submit to their parents. Now, the servant has a responsibility to submit to their master, the employee, employer, whatever. Um, now, in the second person, the relationship, the master, same as, as, as husbands, same as parents, now as employers or bosses or masters, however we want to refer to them, they have the responsibility of leadership. Um, and we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about, or, or, or the last time we were in this message, when we were talking about different types of leadership, uh, authoritarian leadership. What is authoritarian leadership? It is do as I say, not as I do. I'm the boss, and so you listen to me and you follow me. Again, I think there's several of us in here that were raised that way, right? I, I know that my dad didn't necessarily say that, um, but the authorita authoritative um, uh, sway that he has was, don't question me. Don't cross me. You do what I tell you to do, period. I don't want any back talk. I don't want any lip. You do what I tell you to do, period. And I had that fear. I, 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 didn't, I, was, I never talked back. I didn't have, have a smart mouth or anything like that. Um, and so uh, that, that's one approach. And I'm not saying um, that element of do what I tell you to do without anything is wrong. Uh, the authoritarian mindset of do as I tell you to do regardless of what I do is wrong. That's wrong. Uh, because that's not what Jesus did. While God had all the rights in, in, in the world to say, I'm God, regardless of what I do, you do what I tell you to do. He's God. He has that right. He could do that. He's the only one in all the earth that has the right to say, you do what I tell you to do, regardless of what I do. God is. But God isn't an authoritarian leader like that either. He came to this earth, and he humbled himself, and became a servant, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He walked, he talked, he served, he led by example. And that's what's called servant leadership. And that's exactly the leadership that every single boss, every single employer, every single master should follow is servant leadership. There's nothing that a boss should expect of his employees that he isn't willing to do, isn't doing, hasn't done, period. I believe, again, Jesus sat down at his, his disciples' feet and he washed their feet. And when he was done, he said... As I've done to you, do also unto others. Servant leadership. So again, we look at this responsibility of leadership, of this second person, and we see that the standard is the same. Carry out your role with sincerity, sincerity 
as unto the Lord. Do the same things unto them is the command. The reason is that you know that your master that commanded you to carry out your role is holding you accountable. And he's going to hold every man accountable without partiality, and that's what it says. He's no respecter of persons. We know that to whom much is given, much is required. There's a higher account for those in leadership. So many people think that's the goal. Um, you know, if you're working at a job, well, we, that's the mindset of the world is you work your way up the, the, the ladder. You work your way up till you're the boss, until you're the manager. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but what I'm saying is you know, you know this and you learn this as you go up in the ranks that there is more accountability, more responsibility when you, the higher you go. And so when you get at a higher place, you are held in a higher account. The same is true with God. The same is true. So for, that's why the Bible says this, be not many masters, for, for you shall receive a greater condemnation. You're going to receive a stricter judgment, those of you who are teachers. And again, that's what James uh, chapter 2, chapter 3 says. It, it says, don't desire to be, because this is going to be a stricter judgment. Um, again, there's nothing wrong with being that, but there's just, that's just the reality of that. So if you're a leader, if you're a boss, if you're an employer, your job is to lead, to instruct. And very clearly, he says, without threatening. And that could be just something that's passed over, um, but I, I don't think that the Lord would put it in his word if it was to just be passed over. Um, so if you're a manager in here, if you're a boss, if you're a, a master, if you're a leader, um, there is no place, there's no place for a Christian leader, Christian boss, Christian employer, uh, Christian master, whatever you want to say. There's no place for any person in leadership that's a Christian to threaten those underneath them. There's no place. No place at all. Again, as a Christian, you are the Lord's representative. You are the Lord's ambassador. And all that you do and all that you expect as a boss and all that you endeavor to do, you are the Lord's representative. And so number 34 is this. Masters, whether it be bosses, leaders, employers, must maintain a high regard for their servants as they lead as unto the Lord. Again, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And if you aren't sincerely talking or treating your employees or your, the, the people that are under you in whatever relationship, like you would treat the Lord, you need to change. Think about that. As unto the Lord. You are to do this as unto the Lord. And so, you know, as, as a pastor, in, whether it be in the church with volunteer staff or whether it's the staff, the paid staff that we have here, it's a, it's a very sobering thing for me um, because um, my, my heart and my mind is, number one, I'm going to be accountable for all of these things. And so it's very serious to me. Um, number two, um, I have to realize that my responsibility is to treat those that the Lord has, has you know, in however manner, uh, put under me as unto the Lord. And that's serious. And, I, and I'm not perfect in that. And I, I fall short, and, and there's things that I miss, there's things that I forget, there's things that I probably should do that I don't do, all those things. But I promise you this, that's what I'm striving for, is to do it as unto the Lord. And I think that every single person in any type of relationship that has a position over people, 
That's how you should do it. You say, but yeah, I've got somebody that works for me that's a knucklehead. I mean, I just want to, I want to smack them. They, they, don't, they don't know what they're doing. I have to always be on them. I'll have to always tell, you know, no, 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 no. As unto the Lord, as unto the Lord in everything we do. I think too often as Christians we forget that we are God's representatives. We are God's ambassadors, even and especially at our jobs. Think about the time. Uh, I'm not going to ask how many people don't work in here, but I think the majority of adults in here do work in here. And I think the majority of adults in here work full time. Um, there's some of you that maybe work part time or work however you want to work. Maybe you're your own boss, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we spend a lot of time at our jobs. We have to remember, God has us there for his purposes. There's an earthly purpose, absolutely, but God has us there for his purpose. And again, don't forget that you're his representative. And everything you do, everywhere you go, and everything is to revolve around and point to him. So I want to challenge you with that before we close tonight. Think about it like this. At your job, everything you say should point to Christ. Now, I'm saying, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with your, your, the, the task or the job at hand, whether it's, uh, you know, physical in nature or you're, you're having to uh, plan or whatever, I mean, I understand there's certain tasks that, uh, you know, in the middle of trying to build something, you can't, uh, Jesus loves you, you know, Jesus, I mean, you can. That, that would be pretty awesome. You know, you're like working with your employee and trying to build something and you just insert that the whole time. But, um, but the way that you talk, the things you should say, it should all point and revolve around Jesus Christ. It should point back to his kingdom. Everything that we do should point back to his kingdom. As ambassadors of Jesus Christ, as representatives, everything we do should point to him and his kingdom because that's who we are. We're citizens of heaven. We're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of the world to come. And so tonight, as, as Jim makes his way, I want to I challenge you with that. Just kind of do a, a, a quick evaluation of your life. A quick evaluation of your job, quick evaluation of, of how you live. Does, are you truly mindful? Are you trying to be mindful of everywhere you go, everything you do? I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. Amen. You say, man, I, I haven't been thinking like that. I literally think, I, I, I get up in the morning, I go to my job, I do my job, and then when I clock out, then I go home, we have dinner, we do our family thing, but then on Sundays and on Wednesdays, we do our church thing. I want to encourage you to get out of that mindset. Every single day of your life as a child of God, you're a representative of the Most High God. Every single day of your life, whether it's your job, whether you're sitting on your couch, no matter what, you are his child and you are his ambassador. Everywhere you go, you are representing him and his kingdom. And so if we approach our lives, we approach our jobs, we approach our, our responsibilities in that way, I think it can start changing a lot of things. If Christians started looking at their jobs as, as, as well, this is where God has me, uh, to be a, mission, a, a missionary. I think things would change. I think our kids would see that. I think our kids would realize this is our life. This is not just a little compartment of our life that we call Christianity, but this is our life. This is not just something that we do on Sundays and Wednesdays, but this is who we are every day. 
And that's what this next generation needs. That's what we need right now. So many people are callous to being this ambassador of Jesus Christ. And I, I want to charge you, if that's where you're at, and I don't want to think about it. Pray tonight. God, change my mind. Change my heart. I, I approach my every day like I'm a citizen of this world and not a citizen of your, of your world, not a citizen of your kingdom. I approach every day like this is my life. And I want that to change. I want to approach every single day like I, I'm a witness for you. I'm an ambassador for you. I'm a representative for you. And everything I do, everything I say, everywhere I go, at all times, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. So I want to charge you with that. And if that's not where you're at, I want to encourage you to come tonight and pray. Or maybe you have a, a struggle at your job with your boss. Maybe you're a boss and you have struggle uh, having the right mindset and heart set towards your employees. And you just need to come tonight and say, God, help me be a Christian boss. Help me be a, an ambassador and the boss that you want me to be. God, help me be the employee that I'm supposed to be that represents you. Regardless of how my boss treats me, regardless of the circumstances around me, help me be who I'm supposed to be, regardless. Let's see what God will do through that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for, again, your word, the instructions that you give us, the charges that you give us, the challenges that we find in it. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit that uh, instructs us and that convicts us. And I pray tonight that we would take seriously your word. I pray that we wouldn't have walked in here with a certain mindset and heart set that, that maybe was off and walk out with that same off mindset and heart set. Lord, I pray that if we weren't focused on being your ambassadors and your representatives every moment, every day of, of our lives, and I pray that we would, we would fall on our, on our knees at this altar or we would pray there in, in, in our seats and we say, God, change me. Change my heart. Change my mind. Help me at all times be that ambassador you called me to be. Help me put you first. Help me put your kingdom first. Help me show the next generation that there's nothing more important than you and your kingdom. Or whatever the case is, whatever the need is, I pray you just move now and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name.